Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Who is excited for church today? Come on. Ah, I ran out of that grave. Jeez, man, that just gets my, gets my blood going, you know? So good. Well, good morning, church. How are you? Yeah, you're fired up and ready to go today? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Ah, it's going to be a good day. Somebody say it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. I saw a lot of people watching online. I know people are getting sick and craziness stuff that happened everywhere. Oh, and I thought it was the Super Bowl today because I'm like, it's always the Super Bowl the first Sunday of February. And then I find out it's not till next week. Some people are probably waking up right now like, oh, I guess I could have gone to church today. I forgot. Same thing, no? Yeah, just playing, just playing. We had uh, got quite a few people online today. And then I hit refresh. There we go. Um, Oh, John Hassler's watching out in Muskogee. Thanks for watching today, John. Love you, man. Um, we got Nick's watching. We got Lynn Leppelman's watching. We got Carolyn McKinney, Chris, Chris Twiss. There we go. And uh, we had uh, the Diaz family watching on on YouTube. I saw over there. And then uh, we had a couple other people. We had Melissa Wagner, and there was one more. Who was the other one? Oh, Bill Norman was watching on our on our app too. So. I was trying to remember everybody's name from the three different places they're all watching from, but I'm like, i got to travel to all these places here, but I'm glad you are all watching online, and for all of those of you that didn't say hi to me online but are watching also, welcome to church. Uh, we are so excited. Now, if you brought your Bibles today, can you just wave them in the air for me? Where, where are my paper Bible people at? We got some paper Bibles in the house? Yeah, we got some paper Bibles. Where are my electronic Bible people? We got some of those? Yeah. Yeah, even if you don't have your Bible up right now, you can, you can put your phone in there, right? You just get there and say, yeah, I've got one of those. Yeah, but anyway. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5, and we are going to stay there the whole time. You don't have to go anywhere else. You don't have to travel around the Bible today. So 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to hang out there the whole time. Now, have you ever found yourself, and maybe you find yourself there right now, needing a breakthrough from God? Anybody? Anybody ever needed a breakthrough from God? Maybe, Maybe that's you today. Maybe you walked into church today going like, God, I need you to come through for me. I need you to come through. I, I can't handle this anymore. Is that anybody today? Just give me a little grunt. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, so we're going to jump in here. So today's message is titled, The Journey to Breakthrough. The Journey to Breakthrough. The challenge right in front of us maybe is too hard to overcome. I know I've felt that. I've felt that. So we're going to jump into 2 Kings chapter 5. It says, the king of Aram had great admiration for for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victory. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Ah, leprosy, for those of you that don't know what leprosy is, when the Bible says leprosy, it could be one of many different skin diseases. So we, it doesn't say exactly what his skin disease was. They probably named it something different than we name it today. But the types of skin diseases that a leper had where somebody, they would, they would have whole colonies of, of lepers that would have to live outside of the city. They weren't allowed to be around people because it was very contagious. If I touched something and then you touched something, you could get leprosy. If we touched each other, you could get leprosy. And so they were, it was a very big deal for lepers. Lepers could not be around other people. Got that? So we've got Naaman, who was a mighty warrior, and he probably contracted leprosy from somebody while he was out at battle. We don't know. We don't know how he got leprosy. We just know he was an honorable man. He was a good warrior. And 
because he was a good warrior, they left him still in his in this type of position. And uh, so here we are in uh, verse 2. At this time, Ar- the Aramean raiders had invaded a land, the land of Israel. And among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go and see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Verse 4, so Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Verse 5, go and visit the prophet, the king of Aram told him. I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold and 10, and ten sets of clothing. The letter, to, the letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal me heal him of his leprosy. Verse 7, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he is just trying to pick a fight with me. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word today. Father, I thank you for giving us a roadmap, a roadmap to our breakthrough, a roadmap to our miracle. And Father, as we look at Naaman today, and as we read about him, Father, I pray that we would see ourselves and the things that we struggle with and the things that we go through and how how good you are to us. And so God, we just give you the glory for your word today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. So we've got Naaman, right? Naaman is, he's a leper, right? So he, he as a leper, he can't be around other people. He's not supposed to be. So instead of that, he's probably wrapped up completely to where people can't tell that he has leprosy, right? So he's traveling now. So he's going from from uh, one place, let's get from Damascus, from Aram Damascus to Israel Samaria. That's where he's going, and that's about a hundred mile trek. Now you got to understand, he's got how many pounds worth of of precious metals and things, and he's in his carriage, and it's nothing like the 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 SUV that you're driving now. Right? And he's going 100 miles at the hope that there's this guy that will heal him. Right? Now, I don't know about you, but for some of us, like even if we can get an inkling of hope, right? right? If, if there's just any kind of hope that I can have my breakthrough, I'm going to go. Are you with me? Does anybody ever, ever have that feeling? Like if I could just, ah, if I could just make the money I need to make, I'll go take that job. If I could, if I could just have, have, the, have, have the relationship I my, my, my daughter invited me over, and I haven't talked to her in five years. She hasn't talked to me. I'm going to go right now, right, to go and be with her. Like all these connections, all these things, right? Got, if there's a breakthrough available, you're going to go. So we've got Naaman. He's got leprosy. And leprosy would affect their skin. It would affect everything. It would eat away at your body until you die. Basically what would happen is you lose leprosy. And so he doesn't want to die, right? He's a, he's a warrior. He's a champion. He was like, I don't want to die. This is not how I want to live my life. I don't want to live my life in, in rags where I can't touch my family. I can't be, a, like, can you imagine what Naaman is going through? And then he hears from his little servant girl that if you would just go to Israel, this guy would heal you. Prophet will heal you. And he goes, really? Tells the king. The king loves him. He's won so many battles for his country. He's like, go, just go, go, go right now. Get it done. I'll, I'll send a letter ahead of you. Let him know you're coming. Right? And he gives, gives the letter, and, and as Naaman gives the letter to to the king, the king reads the letter, and he's going like, I just touched this letter that this leper just touched. What are, you, are you trying to go to war with me? Are you trying to bring this 
pestilence, this sickness to my country now? Like, can you imagine being, being on the other side, the king of Israel, getting this thing and you have this sickly person in front of you? This, this almost seems like a, a weapon of mass destruction. You're trying to take out my people now. I can't heal him. Well, who do you think I am? Are you with me? Man, all the things that we go through in life, we think we're doing a good thing. We think we've got hope. All of a sudden you get there and you get your first rejection. Did that ever happen? You're like, oh, I thought this was going to work out. And I got rejected. Man, I traveled 100 miles with all these gifts and you just rejected me like that. Man, I don't know if you, you and I kind of feel that same thing there. But here, here, here's my first point for my note takers if I got some note takers out there. I will not be surprised by opposition. I will not be surprised by opposition. As Naaman is looking for his hope, he's looking for his healing, he's looking for his miracle, the very first thing he gets first is a 100-mile trek in a, in a carriage. Oh, man. I'll bet his, his bum was hurting uh, as he got there. He's tired. I mean, think about when, when, you're, when you're going on a road trip with your family. Are you with me? And you, and you went just for an hour or two. Are you with me? And, and, and now everyone's at each other's throats. What do you mean you have to go to the bathroom again? We were just at the restaurant two minutes ago. Anybody? Like, just my family? I just I mean, pray for me then. Like, if my family's the only one with issues, you know? But this guy's going 100 miles in a horse and buggy carriage. That's not going to be fun. Right? And he's sick, and he's not feeling good, and he's miserable, and he's just looking for a, a little stint of hope. And he's got a letter from his own king to give to the king that's supposed to say, hey, yeah, I know the guy that's going to heal you. And that's not the response he gets. Instead, he gets a threat. Like, are you trying to kill me? What's going on here? Is this an act of war that you sent this pestilent man to me? Come on. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, dude, here comes my breakthrough, only to hit another wall. Another, another opposition, another thing to hold me back. Let's go to verse 8. But, oh man, I love God's buts. God's got a nice but. Wouldn't you agree? God's got a nice but. But when Elijah, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. Verse 9. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. Verse 10, but Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Verse, verse 11, here's, here's not a, such a good looking but right here. But Naaman, <laughs> you can put your own name right here. But Justin, but Chelsea. But Laura, but, but whoever. Are you with me? Put your own name right there. Became angry and stalked away. Doesn't that sound like, like our, our own childish self right there? Right? Like, I came all, I came a hundred miles, got rejected by your king only to be told if I come to your house, something might happen. And then I come to your house and you won't even meet me at the door. Seriously? And you want me to go wash in the Jordan. Here's what you need to know about the Jordan River. The Jordan River in this area. So, so there's, there's plenty of nice places on the Jordan River where you can go and wash and it, it feels good. The Jordan River in Samaria, the Jordan River in Samaria is where all the ick like, collects. 
has anybody ever seen that before? Like, I, I, live on, I live on a man-made lake, and it has, like, these pumps that make it clean, cleanish. Are you with me? Right? It makes it clean. But there's, we know that on one leg of the lake, it's a little bit nicer, but on this other leg of the lake, everything kind of like all, all, the, all the feathers from the ducks and everything else that they drop kind of ends in that area. This is, this is where, what, where he's telling Naaman to go. He's like, yeah, just go, go wash in this river. And Naaman's like, are you serious? There was a beep on there for the people online. No, I'm just kidding. Are you serious? You want me to go? Oh, so Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought, come on, here's, here's our first problem. I thought. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me, he said. I expected. Come on, does anybody have some expectations for God to do it a certain way? I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy. Call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. Verse 12. Aren't the rivers in Damascus and Abana and Farpar better than the rivers here in Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned, turned and went away in his rage. How many of us on the road, on the journey, to our miracle, to our breakthrough, get given an answer it doesn't look like the answer I wanted. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, you're like, I, I feel like God is telling me I'm going to get this breakthrough. This is going to happen for me. And then all of a sudden, you get laid off. And you're like, what? Uh, uh, no. No, this isn't how this works. Like, miracles are supposed to be good things. I just want to make sure you know that, God. Like this, I don't know if you've, you've probably never had that conversation. Maybe you have had that conversation specifically with God. But I've, I've had that conversation with God. This is not what I expected. This is not how I thought this was going to go. Right? I was believing for a breakthrough, God. I went to church and Pastor Justin preached and he said, we're going to have breakthrough. It's going to be good. Things are going to be awesome. And then we, but then we had Monday. And Monday wasn't awesome. It's not what I thought it was. I thought he was just going to wave his hand over it like, like, like a Jedi master. You know, like, you no longer have leprosy. Right? right? Do I have any Star Wars fans? Right? You no longer have leprosy. Why are you waving your hand like that? What are you, what are you doing? Are you with me? No? Um, you no longer have leprosy. That's what I expected. That's what I thought was going to happen. Here's point number two. My breakthrough may not be what I expected. My breakthrough may not be what I expected. It might not even be what you were hoping for. Are you with me? A lot of us are just like Naaman. We worked hard. I wanted to see my breakthrough. I worked hard to get to this place only to find that I had more trouble, more, more disgust, more, more, more irritation. Are you with me? Like, oh, why do I have to deal with this? If God was blessing me, I wouldn't have to deal with this. Are you with me? How many of us don't even realize the blessing is right? Right there in our obedience. Somebody say obedience. See, Naaman, Naaman should know all about obedience. He, he, was a, he was a military leader, warrior. When he gave an order, someone followed it. But now he's asking God for breakthrough. God's giving him an answer, and he doesn't like it. Come on. I don't know about you, but I can be the same way. I can be a little bit double-minded in that way. Where in one way, I'm talking to my son and I expect him to do what I asked him to do. But then when 
my heavenly father asks me to do something, I'm like, I don't really think that I like that idea very much. And I had a better idea if you want to come over to my way of thinking, Lord. Come on, somebody. How many of us don't even realize how often we do that to our heavenly father, yet as, a, as an earthly father, I expect my sons to listen to me and to do what I say. Are you with me? Oh, man. See, God is so much of a better father than I am. He is. He is because he still blesses us no matter how many times we stomp off like a three-year-old. Look at Naaman. He, he stalked away. I like the way that it says that. Stalked away, right? To me, he's just like stomping his feet angry. I just, I just rode in this, this terrible carriage for the last hundred miles, got rejected by a king only to come here and get... You want me to go bathe in a dirty river? Do you know what's on my skin? Do you know what that could do to me? I could die because I went in that dirty, nasty stuff. Why wouldn't you ask me to go to a clean river? What is wrong with you? Right? Maybe he's feeling the same way that the king felt a minute ago. Are you sending me this guy to kill me? Oh man, maybe the king's sending me to this prophet so that he can just kill me off in this nasty river. Are you with me? We just, like, in our thought process, sometimes we just don't see it that way, do we? We look at our natural and we don't even see the supernatural that God wants to do. Come on, somebody. Are you here with me today? Oh man. I got to be honest with you. If you've never asked God to show you what to do or where to go, I'm going to be honest with you. Most of the time, He gives you an answer you don't expect. Most of the time. Like, I. Let me sit and think for a minute. I don't think He's ever done anything that I wanted Him to do. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Like, like I'm like, hey, God, let's, let's go do this. And it's never what I thought it was going to be. Ever. He always has a better idea. And his better ideas, a lot of times, are not even close to my ideas. Not at all. Can I be honest with you? I, I, I can't. Maybe you remember. Do you remember the last uh, memorial I did before this year? It's been a couple of years, right? Last year, maybe one last year. I hadn't done a memorial for somebody in a, quite a while. Then 2024 happened. And I've done four already this year. But can I also tell you something? In those four memorials that I've gotten the opportunity to love on these families and, and be with them during this difficult time in their life, during these four memorials, I've had over 64 people give their life to Jesus in the last month. 64. 64 plus. I say plus because at, at Jesse's memorial, it was dark in there and I couldn't see all the hands. I knew it was 40 plus. I could like count really fast. It was about, I knew it was 40 and, and more. So I, I know that I have at least 64 plus from these, from these different memorials. God has a plan that's maybe not my plan. And it's difficult and it's challenging. And these, these moments that hurt change someone's eternity forever. That's, that's amazing. I know for the people who are with Jesus right now, they're glad that their family members are one day going to be with them. Their friends are one day going to be with them. They're excited that, oh my gosh, I get to greet them at the gate when they get here now because they accepted Jesus. Now, it wasn't easy. It's not fun for any of us, especially left behind for all those that are lost. Not fun. But God uses things that we can't even expect. And it might not be the way we thought it would be. My breakthrough may not be what I expected. My breakthrough may not be what I expected. 
Ah, we think you should do it our way. Oh, isn't that a joke? Didn't we get ourselves into the mess we're in? Come on, somebody. Like, I'm so good at getting myself into a mess. Is anybody with me? I know I got you all crying. I feel like I need like to tell a, tell a funny joke now or something, but I don't have any on, on hand. I always want to do things my way, and, and God is always working on me. I was telling Chelsea yesterday, I was telling her, I was like, you know, I wonder, I wonder how many times I missed what God was saying, and it took me longer to get where I was supposed to be. I wonder how many times. I don't even realize. I think like, oh, yeah, everything's good where God's got me. I mean, there was times when, and I'm going to get real specific, and hopefully that doesn't offend anybody, but there was a time in my life where, where I hated someone who said that they were homosexual. There was a time in my life. And my beautiful bride said, if, if, if you hate people, you'd know you're not being like God. Like God loves everyone. It says in, in John that, that He came that all would be saved and all would come to everlasting life. So if you hate anyone for any reason, you have a problem. Don't I have an awesome bride? I do. And it took me a little while to grow into a place where I started loving everyone. And I mean everyone. I had so much fun hanging out at the punk rock show last night and last weekend. Loving on everyone. Getting to be there and just hug on people and tell them how. And, and I've got people coming up and saying, man, thank you so much. You've been such an inspiration. Gosh, man, in, in spheres that I've, I would never get to be in. Thank you, Jesse, for that. Right? Because all of a sudden, our life becomes more important than how we feel about things. Stop hating people. I remember tithing was a hard thing for me. I don't know. If any, anybody have a hard time with that, don't raise your hand. Tithing. Oh, this thing. The church just wants my money. Like all these things. Like tithing was a difficult thing for me. I, I grew up, my parents, my parents didn't tithe. They never taught me about tithing. I didn't know what tithing was. I, I, I knew that the church always asked for money, but that's all I really knew. And my dad would all, like when we'd go to church, we'd sit on the, on the pews and he'd give us each a dollar and tell us to throw it in the bucket as it went by. And so we'd each throw a little dollar in the bucket, and that was it. I was, I was contemplating if I kept that, maybe I could get some candy. How do I, how do I like, look like I put the dollar in the thing and just put it in my pocket and I get some candy later? Like, this is your pastor, like, pure as day, coming, like, growing up, right? No. But I had a hard time with tithing. Like, I, even growing into an adulthood, I would do the same thing because that's what I was taught. Not, maybe not a dollar, maybe it was 20, maybe it was five, maybe it was 10. But I'd look in my wallet and I'd look at, the, the bills I had in there, and I'd be like, okay, I got a 50, I got a, I got a 20, and I got a 10. I'll put the 10 in. That's just how I thought. And then my beautiful bride, right? She, she hasn't even given her life to Jesus yet. She's already teaching me all this stuff about how I should love everybody. And then she's, she's going to church with me and listening to actually what they're teaching about tithing. I'm not doing that because I just go to church. Just what I do, right? And she goes, oh, I'm pretty sure they were teaching that tithe means 10th. And so you're supposed to give 10% of your income, and I'm pretty sure you made more than $100 this month. Why'd you give him 10 bucks? I was like, oh, well, I, you know, we got to get lunch. And so I figured I got to keep the, these other things so we can get lunch and get gas in the car. And yeah, but it's, he's, he said 10th. But I don't understand why you want me to trust your God with my life, and you won't even trust him with your money. This is my bride, you guys. Like, somebody say, put a ring on it. Like, like get this done. This girl is awesome. Are you with me? So in the middle of all these things, we're trying to figure out who God wants us to be and our breakthrough might not be what we expect. My breakthrough might, might be not, not having somebody just say, yes, I agree with everything you said. 
sometimes we want that, don't we? I just want everybody to agree with me. Just like I don't want to argue with anybody. Come on. Just tell me, tell me I'm right, tell me I'm smart, tell me I'm awesome. That's all I need to know. The rest of it you can keep to yourself. <laughs> Are you with me? Like, did anybody feel that? Like they just I got some humans in here. But my beautiful bride, she was telling me the truth. And that truth hit me in a hard, difficult way. And it's something I needed because I needed to love people the right way. I needed to trust God with everything I had. I needed to learn these, these principles. And it was after those times where we went through some of the most difficult times in our life because I finally started to exercise my faith. And when you exercise your faith, what happens? The first thing, what happened to Naaman? Opposition. Opposition. Because if opposition will stop you or slow you down, what if Naaman got the word from, and he just got in his cart and just headed, headed back? What if, what if when, 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 when the prophet says, go bathe in that nasty, dirty river seven times and then you'll be clean, and he's just like, I'm done. Right? Any of us in the midst of all these things? Ah, that tithing thing. Too much for me. You know what? Loving, loving somebody who's different than me? Too much for me. Loving a sinner? <laughs> no, too much for me. Too much for me. I can't tell you how many people have turned their back on God because because of a man or a woman. People have turned their back on God because of me. Me, personally. I've, I've, I've had to try to swallow that. And I know it's not for me to swallow. I know that God, God's Word says that they hated me, they're going to hate you. And I, so I know that that is true, but i got to be honest with you, when I see somebody le- get, come into this church, get their life rocked, what, come in here, they're, they're, they're all messed up and they, they come in and they give their life to God and there's a, a newness that comes in their heart and a passion that comes into their life and then a few months later, they go back to their old self and they give up on God and they give up on church. I have a hard time not blaming myself for that. What if I'd have just preached better? What if I'd have just, what if I was a little more exciting? What, what if there's something I could have done? What if I could have texted them one more time? Are you with me? But somebody say it's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not, my breakthrough isn't what I expected. God's doing a work in and through you. Come on, somebody. He's doing a work. He's trying to figure this stuff out. Let's go back into 2 Kings, verse 13. There's another but. But his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he simply says, go and wash and be cured. Verse 14. You know what? Before I go on to verse 14. A lot of us are these friends. And a lot of us have had these friends. Like, hey man, church people are just people. They suck just like regular people. So don't, don't, let, a, don't let a person keep you from going to church. Come on. They're, they're saying to him, listen. If if he would have asked you to do to stand on one leg, pat your pat your belly and, and do your head all at the same time, you would have done it, right? Some of us are not coordinated enough to do that, me included, right? Like, but you would have done it. So why don't you just go get in the water like he said? Sometimes you just need to ask one more time. Come on, friends. When somebody said, "No, nah, I'm not into that church thing," just ask one more time. Just come with me. Come with, dude. It's not going to kill you. I promise you're not going to get hit by lightning on the way in. Right? I know a lot of people think that that's going to happen. Like, if they knew what I did, I'm going to get hit by lightning on the way in. 
If that were true, I'd get hit by lightning every week. Are you with me? Like, like this is the, the pastor of the church. Did he just say poop from the pulpit? I'm sure I'm going to get hit by lightning every week. Right? Are you with me? And it hasn't happened yet. God is still using this donkey to get the Word of God out to His people. He can use you. Try one more time. Ask one more time. They come with you. It's so much easier to come with you than, than it is to say, you should go. You should go. You should go. You should go. No, no, come with me. Come with me. Come, come sit with me. You know, I won't even, I, I like to sit in the front, but I won't sit in the front if you'll come with me. I'll sit in the back. I just want you to come with me. I just want you to come with me. Here's, here's his officers. Here's Naaman's officers saying, shouldn't we just go wash? I mean, what's, it, what's the worst? You're going to die anyway. <laughs> what's the worst that's going to happen? Maybe, maybe you get healed. What if you go to church and God just changes your life from the inside out? What if something just breaks open for you? You have your breakthrough. You have your miracle. What if, like what if it's just your stubbornness that's keeping you from seeing the fullness that God has for you? Stop being a big pouty baby, Naaman. Put your own name in there. Stop being a big pouty baby and show up. That's it. What if we just showed up? All he saw, did he have to do anything extravagant? Go get in the water, dude. Go to church, bro. Get there. Set up some chat. It's not that big a deal. You're messed up. I was so excited. And, and I had a, a young man come to church this morning. He already had to leave. He had to go to work. I hadn't seen him in a few years. He attended our church a while back. and hadn't seen him in a few years. And, and I was like, hey. He's like, hey, I'm back. I'm like, awesome. Where are you back from? And I was expecting him to say, like, he moved out of state and moved back. Like, realized that even though I have to pay taxes, the sunshine's worth it. Right? I just that's what I was thinking probably happened, right? He's like, I moved to Texas. People are weird. And I moved back here. They're still weird. And that's what I was thinking he was going to say. You know what he told me? He said, Pastor Justin, I've been in rehab the last couple of years from substance abuse. And I've been sober for the last two months. And I'm excited to come back to church and be a part of church with you again. I was like, dude, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. What if I think to myself about all the stresses I've had over the last seven years as the pastor of this church, what if I'd have quit and not been here when he was ready to come back to Jesus? Come on. It's too soon to quit, somebody. You need to know that right now. It's too soon to quit. I know you're hurting. I know it's difficult. I know that there's opposition everywhere you go. Every single time you step out in faith, you've got another person getting in your face, the enemy trying to slow you down. Listen, every time that I've gone to these punk rock shows, I have to tell you my stinking truck wants to fall apart. I send, I send a screenshot to my, to my mechanic and he's like, are you kidding me? Is this even possible for this to happen? I'm like, I don't know. But what I do know is there's somebody that's there that needs Jesus and I need to be there. They need, and if, I'm not talking about standing up on the same stage that they were just F-bombing two seconds ago and, and preaching the name of God. I'm talking about putting my arm around somebody that just needs to know their love. You don't have to be a preacher in every situation that you go into. Sometimes you just need to be a friend. Sometimes you just need to be somebody that loves somebody else. Are you with me? And you know what? You're going to have every... Like, I'm still driving the darn truck. Are you with me? Like, I'm like, dude, I'm going. And I'll push the gas harder. It's going to work in the name of Jesus. We're getting there. Are you with me? 
Because God's going to make a way because I'm supposed to be there. My breakthrough might not look the way I expected. I should, I, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm sitting there going like, Lord, you know I'm going to do something important. Make my truck work the way it's supposed to work. But my breakthrough might not look the way that it's supposed to, the way I think it's supposed to. We're finally getting to verse 14. <laughs> so Naaman went down to the Jordan and dipped himself seven times as the man of God instructed him. And his, sin, his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. My final point, my obedience releases my breakthrough. My obedience. Now, was it, was it perfect obedience? It wasn't. It was ugly obedience. And I think we've, we can all relate to ugly obedience. Are you with me? Like most of us don't get to perfect obedience. We're we're kicking and screaming all the way to finally being obedient to our Heavenly Father and getting the breakthrough that we wanted the whole time. But our obedience releases our breakthrough. Can we say that together? My obedience releases my breakthrough. In this series, Mind Grown, I want to expand your brain into kingdom principles. Kingdom principles means that when you go after what God called you to do, the first thing you're going to experience is opposition. First thing. I want you to start getting excited about opposition. I do. I know it's weird. I know it doesn't make sense. Why would I get excited about these things that are standing in my way and that are keeping me back from where I want to go? But if you have, here's here's the thing, if you have opposition, you're going the right way. If you don't have opposition, guess where you're going? (laughs) The wrong way. And the enemy has no problem with you going the wrong way. He'll let you keep taking the drugs. He'll let you keep going in those, getting more sexual sin, more of this, more of that. Like, just indulge, take all you want, right? Like, my my big sin is is food. For some of you, some of you know that. I love food. Does anybody love food? I love food. And I love all the wrong foods. I do. I, I, sh- I mean, I should love cucumbers, but I don't love cucumbers. Are you with me? I should love fish, but I, I hate fish, to be honest with you. But you know what I love? I love red meat. I love red meat. I do. I, I'm, I'm a red-blooded American man, and I love red meat. I do. It's true. I, I, steak, burgers, and I love bacon. Bacon, oh my gosh, bacon. Are you with me? This is my sinful nature, you guys. I will constantly go back to that. And you know what? The enemy will not slow me down. Because he knows if I keep filling that, my, my temple with that stuff, I will end my life this many years earlier than it should. Are you with me? So he won't stop me from that. But you know what he'll stop me from? Getting to the punk rock show. Because I, can, I might have an influence on somebody. I might be able to love on somebody. I might be able to pull somebody out of the pit of hell. Are you with me? Now, I'm not saying every single person at the punk rock show is in the pit of hell. Don't hear me wrong. For everybody that's watching online, I could just see where that goes. Like, oh my gosh, he thinks that they're all heathen. No. You know what? Jesse was there every single time. Every band knew him because that's who he was. And he was there. He wouldn't drink. He wouldn't smoke. He wouldn't do anything. And he'd pull everybody out of the pit of hell all the time, over and over again. What I've gotten to see over the last couple weeks is all the people he's pulled out of hell. All of them. And you know what? They still dress the same. They still talk the same. They're still them. That's not what we're here to fix. I'm here to, I'm here to show you my King. I'm here to show you my Jesus. Jesus is the one that works on us. Whether you have purple hair or not doesn't matter. Are you with me? That part doesn't matter. 
tattoos, wherever you came from, the the four-letter words that fly out of your mouth. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. God, God wants your heart. He wants you. He cares about you. And He has a plan for your life. He wants to see you healed. He wants to see you have your breakthrough. But somebody say, it's going to cost my obedience. It's going to cost my obedience. How important was it for Naaman to get to the Jordan? Very important. Right? God said, go and dunk in that water seven times and you'll be healed. That doesn't mean like, put your toes in. Pull your toe out. That part didn't get healed. That didn't work. Come on. I'll try, church. I'll try it again. Give it a shot. Pastor said poop. I'm offended. Not going to church anymore. Try it again in seven years. You laugh, but it's the truth. People do this all the time. I had had somebody get leave the church because I said the word crap from the pulpit. Look, I just did it again. Now you have license to leave. It's so easy to get offended by everything. We have the most offendable culture I have ever seen. But can I be honest? Like we offend each other all the time. It's just what we do. We're called people. And people do that. Yeah, sorry, I got in front of your chair there. We offend each other. We offend each other. I know I offend people. I offend people when they watch and they're like, I can't believe you wear a hat in, inside. Like, I'm a Marine. You shouldn't do that. That's against the rules. But you know what else is against the rules as a Marine? I can't have a facial hair either. can't do any of those things. So I would, I would get my hair cut all nice and high and tight, and then I'd have my big old beard. Because I, I, I still have this, like, orderly part to me, but I got a little bit of rebellion. Are you with me? A little bit of rebellion. You don't have to be perfect. God's not asking you to be perfect. He's just asking you to be available. He's just asking to be with Him. We don't have to have this all figured out. Just like Naaman. You just got to get there. As a young man, as a teenager, well, not quite a teenager, probably like 11, about my son's age, my mom, she gave me, she gave me Willy Wonka's golden ticket. You want, you want to know what Willy Wonka's golden ticket was? I would... I, would, I got tired of going to church as a kid. I thought it was boring. And so I didn't want to go to church anymore. And my dad and I would stay home, and we would watch football. While my mom and my sisters, they would go to church. So my mom would bug me about it all the time. Someone say amen, right? Where, where are my moms at? Bugging them. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. My mom would bug me all the time about church. Go, you, you should come to church with me. You should come to church with me. I don't want to go to church. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay home. I'm gonna play hockey. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch football. I'm gonna do what I want to do. And then she gave me Willy Wonka's golden ticket. She said, "If you'll go to church with me just one time, I will never ask you again." <laughs> I'm going to church today because <laughs> I don't want to hear it ever again. Are you with me? Willy Wonka's golden ticket. Somebody say, Justin, you just got to get to the Jordan. You just got to get to church. You just got to get in the building. You want to know the most important service that you need to be at? The one you missed. The one you missed. The most important sermon for you to be at is the one you missed. 
Because there was something in your breakthrough. There was, there was some obstacle. It might have been football. might have been this. might have been that. You can record that stuff now. We couldn't do that back in the day. Are you with me? But whatever kept you from being in the house of God was the moment you probably missed out on your breakthrough. Take another lap. I mean, what if Naaman would have just gone back to Damascus? Never got his miracle. At least, at least his friends said, come on, dude, let's just, let's just go try it. Let's go get in the water. Let's, come on, man. What's the worst that could happen? And he gets his healing. He gets his miracle. How many of your friends, how many of your loved ones need God so much? But we're, we're, we feel bad asking because they've already told us no. They already told us it's not for me. Are you with me? Their breakthrough's on the other side of that. There's obstacles trying to keep them from, from Jesus. I don't know if I want to be another obstacle for somebody else to keep them from Jesus. Are you with me? Their breakthrough's right there. Your breakthrough's right there. Don't miss the next time when you're like, oh, I feel like I should go to church. Just go. Just go and be. You don't like this one? Go to a different one. I don't care. I want you to know Jesus. Jesus is in the church down the street just as much as he's right here. Jesus can be in your house just as these people are watching online from all these different cameras. But be in the presence of God. Follow what he tells you to do. And when he tells you to do crazy things, just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. I know I don't belong at a punk rock show. Come on. Like, I, I, look, at the, I look at them moshing in there, I'm like, Gosh, it'd feel really good to punch somebody in the face. I could just see where this would go, though. Like, are you with me? Like, there's, that's why I play hockey, you guys. I got to get my aggression out somehow. I'm still not allowed to hit people. Pray for me, okay? Pray for me. I like violence. It's fun. You don't become a Marine if you don't like violence. Are you with me? You just don't. You don't play hockey. But God can use a violent man, can He? He can. Because a violent man won't give up. A violent man won't, won't quit on somebody. A violent man finds a way. A violent woman finds a way. Are you with me? The, the Bible says the violent take it by force. It's okay to be violent. Are you with me? I'm not talking about pushing people down or hurting people. I'm talking about pulling people out of the pickle jar. You've got to be violent. Doing all right. 18 minutes left. You ready? Hmm. Come on up, worship team. My wife and here he comes, Casey. I was unsure if he's coming too. We're praying for breakthroughs, but we're not participating when, in what God's asked us to do. Naaman prayed for a breakthrough. He was asking for something. God sent this little girl to say, go 100 miles away and get healed. He does that. He's obedient. He even brings gifts. If you read on, he tries to give the gifts to, to the, the prophet. The prophet says, no thanks. Somebody else decides to take it on, on behalf of the prophet. Says like, oh, the prophet didn't take the money. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the prophet does want the money and I'm going to take it for myself. You read on. So this guy chases after him after he's left with his healing. He says, hey, hey, uh, actually the prophet does want the money if you could pay that over. And, and so that guy takes the money 
and, and he goes and hides it in his room. And he goes back to the prophet. You know what the prophet says? He's like, where were you? Uh, I, was, I was just busy. Uh, I was, wasn't doing anything. He says, you mean to tell me you didn't, you didn't just go and ask for the money? Naaman doesn't have. Now it's going to be on you. You're going to have that curse and it's going to be passed on to your kids. That's what happened to him. See, we all get jacked up. We don't even know why Naaman had leprosy. We don't know. He could have just ate off the same table. But you know what? Hiding things and hiding, hide, trying to hide from God and, and trying to put all the, like put on a face, pretend like we've got it all together. Please stop doing that. Please stop doing that. Can we just be real? I get up here and I tell people how jacked up I am. You want to know why? Like I have some people, they think I just have a low self-image. I don't have a low self-image. A low self-image person can't stand in front of people and talk. Are you with me? I have a high self-image. The thing is, is I know how jacked up I am. And I have no problem telling other people. And the reason I have no problem telling other people is so that you can be maybe just open enough to say, you know what? I'm kind of messed up too. I kind of need Jesus too. I kind of can't do this by myself too. My mom gave me that golden ticket, man. I went to church. I went to the Jordan. And I got washed by the blood of Jesus at 11 years old. I started reading the Bible by myself. I wish it was for good reasons. The reason I read the Bible by myself is because I didn't trust the pastor. I thought he was probably lying. So I started reading it myself. I wanted to know it for myself. I started reading the Bible. I started reading concordance at 11 years old. I'm a weirdo. Are you with me? I'm a weirdo. I would sit in my room and I'd sit and read a concordance. A concordance is like this giant dictionary of the Bible. The, the Bible's this big and a concordance is this big. When you look in a concordance, you can look up every word in the Bible, what it means and how it means and where it's at in the Bible. You sit, this, this is before the internet, with me after that. My dad had, thought it was fun that when, 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 uh, when the Seventh-day Adventist or the Mormon would come to the front door, he would get excited. He's like, Justin! I've got one for you! And I come up to the front door because I've now been reading the Bible. Now I use it as a weapon to hurt somebody else. I'll be honest with you, that wasn't good. You see, God will use broken people. If I hadn't sat and studied all that stuff and then got in these arguments with guys that, by the way, never gave their life to Jesus when I argued with them. Never. Not a single time. Didn't matter how many times I would be right Hey, no, no, no. It says in 1 John 1, 1, it says that, that He was the Word and, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. There is such thing as a trinity and I'd have these arguments with guys and then, and then I'd sit and talk about the Beatitudes and I'd have arguments with these guys and I'd talk about all the things of the Bible and I'd have arguments with these guys. I'd spend my lunch in high school sitting with different types of people, Catholic, Mormon, Seventh-day Adventist, and I'd have on my own table, bring it. Never let a single person to Christ it wasn't until God finally would break my heart for what breaks His. I never saw Jesus going after people and telling them how wrong they are. And that's why they needed to go and be. He would love them and say, what did they say about you? So, so you, you've slept with how many people? You've done all these things? I'm not here to judge you either. Go and sin no more. What if, what if I'd have done that instead? Come on. I've had, I can't tell you how many guys I've had come into my life and they were so excited to tell me how they put somebody else in their place. 
They come up to somebody who's the Watchtower Society and be like, no, let me tell you. And they, they would come and tell me about it. And I would tell them how disappointed I was. And they'd be like, why? I, I showed him. I told him the truth. I told him that what he was doing was wrong. I told him that Mormonism isn't real Christianity. I told him that, that this, these things are blasphemy. That this, I told him those things. And I said, you know what? I would have rather you said, can I buy you a cup of coffee? And he said, well, why would I do that? I said, because then you might get to talk to them and figure out how they got to where they believe and what they believe. And try to understand why they think this way. Because all of a sudden, they might actually care what you have to say. I can't tell you how many young kids, the older ones, they won't even talk to me. When they knock on my door and they find out I'm a pastor, oh yeah, have a great day, sir. I'm like, you don't want to come in and, and share Jesus with me? Like, let's do this. And i like, oh, no, no, it's good, sir, it's good. But the young kids, they haven't gotten an impression by that yet. When I'm like, hey, I'm so proud of you. We're going and knocking on people's doors. Elder John that's 17 years old. I'm so proud of you. And they're like, they haven't heard that all day. They got doors slammed in their face all day long. And somebody said, they're proud of me. And I said, can I pray for you right now? And they said, oh, please. God, I just pray that you would help John to see the fullness that you have for his life. God, that you'd show him the value of what he's doing right now and, and, and the mission that he's on. That you would take him and use his life to do something amazing. And Father, I just thank you for John right now. Yeah, I prayed everything I needed to pray in that moment. Because you know what? I used to be John confused, using the Bible as a weapon, doing things that I didn't know what I was doing. Are you with me? God can use broken people. Naaman was broken. We are broken. But your miracle is on the other side of your obedience to God. Obedience to God might start with read the Bible for yourself for the wrong reasons. It might start with go and have discussions with people about Jesus. Gosh, how many people did I burn during that time. How many people, if they came across one of my YouTube videos, oh, that freaking guy. No way. But that guy had to grow into the next guy, grow into the next guy, grow into the next guy until God could do something with his life. If you've messed up, if you've screwed up, if you're, guess what? You're in good company. You're in good company. You don't have it all figured out? Awesome. I'm so glad to hear it. Because if you had it all figured out, I'd be asking you questions. Because I, I have no idea what that looks like to have it all figured out. But if you're here today, I want you to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, I don't just want this for you so that you can come to my church and pay tithes and do all these things. I want you to have a relationship with Jesus so that you can walk down the same type of path that Naaman walked where you screw up all the way to your miracle. I want you to walk down that same path that I walked. Where I screwed up all the way from miracle to miracle to miracle and watched God use my life even when I didn't have it all figured out. God has a purpose for you. He has His breakthrough for you. He has His miracle for you. And all you need to do, you don't have to go to seminary to get this miracle. You don't, you don't even have to come to church every week to get this miracle. To get this miracle, you just have to be obedient to what God says to do next. That's it. That's it. If He tells you to go wash in the pond, and you're like, this is gross. 
But if God tells you to go, just do it. You'll find out why later. It might be because you're getting arrested. (laughs) Because you're not supposed to bathe in ponds. Are you with me, right? Like, you might get arrested, but maybe it was the police officer you were supposed to talk to. Why did you go bathe in a pond? I don't know. God told me to. You know, I used to have a relationship with God. Well, then that's why I bathe in the pond, so I can talk to you right now. That's the whole reason. Stop asking why or how and, ah, couldn't it have been a different river? Couldn't it have been a different church? No, just show up. Just show up and let God work on you. Just show up and listen to another message. Just show up. Try to apply it to your life this week. Right? Just show up. You know, getting to do funerals. And I say getting to do, I, I consider it an honor honor to do memorials, funerals, celebrations of life. I've had a lot of people ask me, what do you say? What do you say to somebody who just lost someone? I know what you don't say. Everything's going to come together for good for those that love the Lord. That's a good way to just put like, I should just walk in with the word a-hole on my, on my shirt. Like, this is who I am. <laughs> Don't tell people all things come together for good to those who love the Lord, even though it's the truth. Just show up. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. Just show up. Say, I'm sorry, and I love you. That's it. That's it. That's all that really should come out of your mouth. I'm sorry. I love you. I can't imagine what you're going through. I can't imagine what you're feeling right now. But I love you, and I'm here with you. That's it. That's all. That's all. Can you pray with me right now? If you're here today, you're watching online, and you don't yet have a relationship with God, this is your moment. Having a relationship with God doesn't mean you're now a perfect Christian. Having a relationship with God is allowing Him to work on you a little by little by little. Being a little bit less of you and a little bit more of Him day by day. So if you're here today and you don't yet have that relationship, I want to give you that opportunity. If that's you this morning, can you just raise your hand for me? If every, everybody's not looking around, just raise your hand for me and say, hey, I want to have a relationship with God. I'm not sure what that looks like yet, but I want, I want that. Is that anybody here today? Raise your hand high for me so I can see I'm just going to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Okay? Those that are watching online, put it in the chat right now. Just say, hey, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. For those of you that, that are making that decision today, I want you to know this. God is a gentleman. He's not going to come into your life and, and force himself on you. He loves you. He's going to stand at the door and knock. Wait for you to open it. So This is your opportunity to open that door. To say, I'm ready, God. I'm ready for you to work on me, even if it's just a little bit at a time. I'm not, you can be just like Naaman, complain the whole time. It's okay. Like God just wants you to go along the journey of becoming. He doesn't expect you to be perfect tomorrow. So if that's you this morning, I just want to pray for you right now. Father God, I just pray for each and every one of us that's on our journey, becoming more and more like you dying more and more to our flesh every day. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to work on us. 
And in our imperfections, God, use us. Help us to grow. Help us to become all that you called and created us to be. Father, help us to see the obstacles are just reassurance that we're going the right way. Help us to know that that there is still a promise on the other side. That rejection isn't the end. God, I just thank you right now that you're, you're working, you're working, you're working. You're making a way where there seems to be no way. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, church center or at livingstones.tv if god is using this ministry to touch and impact your life and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving you can do so by giving in the church center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving we hope you have a wonderful week